it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Like it's 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 ridiculous that that our thought process about people is so self-centered that if it's hard to help somebody, we'll just let them struggle. We're not just drag queens, we're people. And now we've got one of our people outside. Here we are filming during Pride season and we let one of our sisters walk out the fucking room because nobody wanted to fucking help her. And we're the first people, we are the first people to say that people aren't treating us right. Do you think there's anything we could have said to the vixen to make her stay? It's not about what we say, it's about what we do. What could we have done? If I had got up and walked to the door and said, the vixen, we need you to stay. But the fact that we, including myself, let her walk out, she that door closed behind her and she said, yeah, I guess I'm making the right choice. Mom was just not having it, this reunion. Mama Rue or Mama Asia? Oh, this is Asia O'Hara's Drag Race. Let's get it real clear up front. You know, sometimes, sometimes the kids need to call out when your mother is acting belligerent or maybe not belligerent, but like, whoa, don't put your shit on me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of um, my mom says, said this to me once that she was talking about like, you know, dealing with her parents getting older and, you know, they get stubborn because they don't want to leave what they know and they don't want to feel less than an adult and all those things. And my mom said to me at one point, she's like, if I ever get like this, then you need to tell me. And I'm giving you permission now to call me out. Okay. And I was like, okay. And I kind of feel like that's sort of what's happening here. Okay. Except but- RuPaul never asked for this wake up call. No. He just needed it. Right. I, I mean, so I think we could both agree that there are two paradigms here kind of uh, interacting. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, you have RuPaul, 57-year-old person who is a a, a black femme gay person Mm -hmm. um, who grew up, uh, you know, with basically a a hard hand Mm -hmm. and figured it out. Um, Much like a lot of immigrant mothers and fathers a lot of people in this country of a certain generation where they're like i pulled myself up by my bootstraps sure i and rupaul is a special case because of all of the other adversities that rupaul had to face so of course it makes sense for rupaul to be like um you got to play by the rules if you're going to get ahead you got to be quiet you got to you know stay silent you you have to act a, a certain way mm-hmm. if you're expecting to kind of move forward yeah whatever forward means to her whatever success means to her and so i feel like rupaul was in the space of like when she went off went off on yeah. asia would not let asia speak basically like I, look at me where I came from. I came from the same place, recognizing that in the Vixen, but then saying like, I I learned how to do it. I figured it out. Nobody told me. Nobody helped me. And I'm just kind of like, like, what are you? What are we seeing right now? Yeah. Well, I think it's so ironic that he's sitting there saying like, you know, you can't help someone who won't listen or you can't get through to. And he's, and then he's saying, well, you know, what could you even do? And he's asking Asia, and then he's talking over her, and it's like. You are being so fucking ironic right now. Yeah. It's nauseating. Yeah. There's uh, what you were saying before, uh, this idea that RuPaul had an idea and the producers too. Mm-hmm. And the Vixen, if you, uh, Mary's, if you have not listened or watched uh, Vixen's Instagram live story, you should definitely go over and do that. Um, 
it's like she walked into this reunion and the producers and RuPaul had this idea about who the vixen was and what her storyline was. Instead of highlighting any sort of redemption, any sort of explanation, all of the other things that she's been up to, they went right for, okay, well, let's let's stamp this out. Let's figure out what this is. Yeah. And uh, she had this idea about what the Vixen was instead of letting it play out by itself. So in RuPaul's mind, it's like it, it didn't surprise her that she left. Yeah, well, I think that it... I don't think she necessarily expected it, but I think the character that she'd created of, of the Vixen would walk out. Um, I think in another sort of twist of irony, um, that whole ha- like preconceived idea of how this is supposed to go is the same thing he accused Miss Cracker of. Yes. So it's just really interesting when you start to see little mirrors in those, you know, sequins. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. And start to see that those reflections back. The mirror has two feces. <laughs> Indeed it does. <laughs> Indeed it does. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I, just, I think that, um, you know, the, we were saying before, like the cracks that we were kind of seeing in the Evil Twins challenge with some of the armchair psychiatry and the um, sort of broad spectrum self-help ideas, um, I just think came fully to the surface here um, because of this conflict. And while we have seen queens stand up to RuPaul before, most infamously Tammy Brown, yes. season one, um, I don't know if we've ever had a queen be right. In the way that Asia was. Sure, because we <clears throat> saw what RuPaul was saying to Tammy. Because mm-hmm. Tammy's yep. like, yep. you know, like, well, what this, what's this whole competition about? You know, why, why, why do this? It's so negative. It's so mean. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then RuPaul's like, you are a star. That's why you're here. Like, yeah. you forgot. You forgot that you're amazing. Mm-hmm. And you're taking this all too personally. Yeah. And, of course, it was a different time. It was yeah. a different idea. It was like... You know, the whole idea was like, there's a platform here and you're a part of it and you need to like take ownership of that. Right. And what and of course, on that, you 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 jump forward 10 seasons and that's exactly what Asia's doing. She's taking that advice. She's taking this platform and speaking up. Yeah. And she's speaking up against him and against the show and against the direction that it pushes. And it's not that like. It's not that on paper the ideas that RuPaul is suggesting are wrong. There's just so much truth in it. And, and we oh, oh, praise we, it all the time. We get that. Yeah. It's not that we don't understand what RuPaul's paradigm is. This idea of like sometimes if somebody's not meeting you halfway, you have to walk away. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the Vixen did. The Vixen walked away. Mm-hmm. She removed herself from a situation where, okay, Cards are stacked against me. This is not what I signed up for. Yeah. I think that if I speak anymore, I'm going to be speaking way out of turn, perhaps, mm-hmm. or speaking maybe emotionally. And I thought she uh, she held herself very well through it. She's like, you know what? I'm out. Yeah. Okay, done. When the moderator of the conversation becomes the instigator, sure. you know you're fucked. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, RuPaul's paradigm of this, like, well, if they're not meeting you halfway, then you have to let go. And then Asia being like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. with our enemies. Yes. Mm-hmm. But with people that we love that are part of our families, at some point, we have to we we do have to reach out. We do have to be like, okay, you actually are hurting. Oh, I'm sorry. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 
iron this out. Right. And and Asia makes such a great point of like, why do we hold this expectation that everyone's supposed to know that? Right. That everyone's supposed to have that knowledge. And why are we not taking the onus if we have it of sharing that? That's our job on this planet is what she's saying. Yeah. Is if you know this, then share it. And if and and don't put the responsibility on the vixen who's who's hurting or who is feeling invalidated to do all the heavy lifting. Sure. And I don't necessarily know if the vixen's hurting. Um According to her Instagram live, it, it's it's not that she needs help. Mm-hmm. It's not that she is this wounded animal. It's that she her story was not being told. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was being produced and manipulated to fit uh, to fit a, a, a storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I which, don't see which we know happens. We know this happens. Mm-hmm. It's, if you're signing up to watch any reality television, except for some of the kind media that we've been learning sure. about lately, um, you know that 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 they are doing things that are and editing things that sure happened, but then editing it in such a way or leaving things out, omitting things to further a story arc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. And, and we'll talk about some of those things later in, in terms of Eureka and Cameron of like, there's what you don't see and like the iceberg that that informs of what we did see. Right. I loved Asia so much Mm -hmm. in this episode. Um, because not only because she she didn't wilt away, she she cried, which is strength, right? You mm-hmm. have to just kind of emote sometimes. Um, and she was feeling for herself, mm-hmm. for the other people on that stage, and for the vixen in the sense of like you are being silenced. Yeah, and we need to we need to help people that are being silenced mm-hmm. and so it was completely off brand for RuPaul to then talk over her yeah and to continue to silence her until mm-hmm. RuPaul got it through their heads of like it was rude what she did when he says like yeah it was rude it was a disrespect it was a disrespect to you it was like I mean, to be honest it was like this is like some of the most manipulative shit I've heard on TV in a yeah. long time yeah. or in general what he did was like you should be feeling you should be feeling in pain right now you should be really upset by what she did right now and if you're not like you're missing something and right. it's like that all of that, I mean, again, just like so much irony, all of this was to preserve Rue's own ego and his own worldview. Sure, it was an ego. And he's over here talking about Monet's mother or Monique's mother and how like, oh, if you told them this, you'd shift their whole paradigm and they'd have to rebuild from scratch. It's like, who are you talking about, lady? Right, who are right. you talking about here? Right. It's just, it's crazy. The number of things that he's clocking everyone else for. And it's like, who are you pointing at, really? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that RuPaul's platform, I'm not going to say RuPaul yet, but like RuPaul's platform, the Drag Race platform, does does a service in the sense that stories are getting out there, right? Mm-hmm. We are celebrating these queer stories, and that's important. This episode took a turn where there's, one story that for some reason they're just choosing to manipulate the vixen's story off camera is very different than the one that we saw Mm -hmm. and i check all the receipts i'm hearing from from the vixen from fans of the vixen from other drag queens that like there's actually not much of a crossover we saw her in a high pressure situation where she was she she was angry. There were some things that we did not agree with mm-hmm. that she she's still trying to explain, which is fine. Yeah. But like we don't have to necessarily agree with all the things that queens do on this show. But what I love about Drag Race is that it still finds a way to celebrate who those queens are. Yeah. And for whatever reason, 
the vixen didn't get that in this reunion yeah the uh the vixen brought up the point that uh when they went to vanji they're like how's your life been so far and with the vixen instead of being like how's it been so far it was Let's let's mm-hmm. talk about this conflict with yeah. Eureka. Yeah, yeah, you came in saying, I'm here to fight, and they have been holding her to that in a way they have never held an entrance line to a queen. Did you know that it's a quote from the Bad Girls Club? I just, I saw that in the yeah. notes. Yeah, that, that it was a it was a quote that she had, she had done it a few times because they had to do multiple takes. Yeah, Lucy Stool, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't her intention her to, to have this it. like aggressive entrance. It was supposed to be a little more casual. Right, like, I'm just here to fight. Yeah, and it's also like, even if that was, like, if we could, go through all of the queen's entrance lines you know there are ones where it's like you could have held that queen to that you know what i mean it's like you could have it's just it's so selective to as we've been talking about to push a certain narrative sure and the fact that they focused so long on um the vixen's involvement with the cracker aquaria conflict which yeah. was like the weakest one it was they didn't talk about the runway mm-hmm. when and and then uh with her mother mm-hmm. or 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 obviously they did talk about the fight with eureka mm-hmm. but um yeah they 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 focused on that quite a bit yeah like why couldn't all of that time spent on like oh well you jumped in in a conversation like a fucking drag queen's never jumped in on a conversation sure. before sure. the fact that they couldn't talk about the optics conversation yeah the they, fact that they, they didn't talk them. about the race situation that mm-hmm. she brought up yeah i mean that's that's what's put the vixen on the mark that's also why we talk about her continuously on mm-hmm. this podcast because it brought up this new way of looking at um drag race for so many drag fans mm-hmm. for so many reality tv fans yeah to put that kind of into the 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 zeitgeist mm-hmm. right yeah i mean that's a big deal well and if you think about what rupaul says in this reunion that like Rup the drag race is a microcosm of what's going on in the world it's a really interesting i don't want to say commentary but it's it's maybe an irony that typical of of what's going on in the gay community the most important issues aren't getting featured right we're focusing on the bullshit like well you looked like her and you took that look we're focusing yep. on the petty shit yeah and we're ignoring all the garbage underneath right because cameron's it, too quiet right right yeah. yeah yeah why aren't you being more extroverted it's right. just like um that doesn't matter right and if you're gonna make a statement like oh this is a microcosm of the rest of the world if you're gonna have the audacity to say that then represent that then walk your talk but you know what this reunion was a microcosm right in the sense that there is a moderator with power that is bulldozing Mm -hmm. the conversation yeah you know they could have um uh, confronted Aquaria for when she came for the vixen and Mm -hmm. uh and talked about her drag and 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 you know called out her wig right right and like kept bringing it up like they yeah. could have certainly they like could, are you gonna apologize when uh, we need to hear you apologize again or is are things okay now you know right. what i mean well and and i mean they did that in a small way with the like well you were really upset that the you know that cameron oh, and eureka right. were saved and it was like well we saw the resolution of that within the episode <laughs> and her reasoning for being upset like maybe she was a bit in her feelings and i could understand that but her reasoning wasn't like malicious. It was just, well, there goes the one save. Sure. So in case I ever need it, I'm fucked. Right. Like, I just, I don't see what's so nasty about that. Yeah, I feel like um, Asia had a little, t- uh, little, um, she had a little tantrum too, right? Uh, recently, uh, when, when, um, oh, with Cracker. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, Cracker. They did talk about Cracker and Asia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the star situation. No, Asia was, Asia called out the queens because they didn't help her. Yeah. Oh, uh, 
Wait, are you talking about helping the vixen or? No. Oh, helping her in the ball challenge. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she was helping all the queens during the ball challenge mm-hmm. and then came back and was like, what am I doing? Those? I had an Alexis Michelle kind of moment. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I think that, yeah, these things happen. Queens get in their feelings or they get a little off track and then they apologize. That's right. what Drag Race does now. Right. And so like, it, it's just, yeah, again, it's very selective um, and very clear that they wanted to tell certain narratives. Well, and they featured so many great stories on this reunion, which I'm like, okay, yeah, let's let's check back in. Yeah. And instead of checking back in on the Vixen and like what the fans might have done to her uh-huh. or like what she has been doing, any kind of work or growth that she's had, mm-hmm. they didn't focus on that at all. Right. Um, you know... The Vixen can be in herself as somebody that's watching from afar that doesn't know the Vixen, that is just a fan that's never met her. Um, I I do believe with the Vixen, just like many, many other queens, that there is growth yeah. to be had. Like, clearly there are things that the Vixen um, still kind of needs to figure out. But that's all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if... I mean, she came to this reunion very poised. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my feeling looking at that and, and thinking about the idea of growth with the Vixen is the Vixen is confronting very real life issues and she's bringing them to Drag Race in terms of her experience as a black gay person in sure. America. And so it would be so great to see her as what I really think is an example of how to deal with that and how to not always do it perfectly and then how to like... Sure. I mean... I, I don't want to see a perfect queen no. on Drag Race. I right. mean, granted... Asia O'Hara was fantastic. Well, I mean, <laughs> then there's Asia. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like... But I- we love Aquaria because we saw a, a story. We saw mm-hmm. an, we saw growth, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested in not just what the Vixen's, you know, confronting what she's talking about, but how she's dealing with it. Yeah. And how she's responding to it and what she can... I mean, I don't, what, just so I can finish this, like, what... Like RuPaul was saying, well, I can't teach her that. And the Vixen is doing that exact thing RuPaul says he can't do. By example, she is teaching people how to navigate these issues. Sure. And not always perfectly because everybody does it imperfectly. Not always perfectly. And uh, the one thing that I hope for the Vixen is that she will... She's going to be fine. She's going to be very successful. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like completely, especially because of this reunion and her being like... No, very mm-hmm. much like a Ben de la Creme. Absolutely. Like, nope. I hope no. so, because I think that Ben got away with that more than she would because he's white. Yeah. Um, so and I, he was doing well in the competition. And he was doing really well in the competition. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I hope that, I think that it's galvanized a certain fan base of hers, and I think it's also galvanized a certain anti-fan right. base of hers, right, so to speak, right, you know? Right. Um, I, I do think, the one thing that I haven't heard yet from the Vixen are uh, when she talks about her faults. Mm-hmm. And not that, you know, I know what they are, but what I, I, I just think that that also allows us to be like, okay, you see multiple sides instead of, I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm focusing mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure she does maybe with people that she trusts. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I think in terms of, uh, of us as, as viewers, um, to I think for me to really believe in 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 her growth and to see growth, um, 
I, I think that's a, a great place for somebody to start is mm-hmm. to be like, okay, well, I do this. You know, yeah. I know I do this. Yeah. I, whenever and she, she, she recognized in this episode, sorry to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but uh, how she's like, I was out of five with Eureka and I was trying and I was trying mm-hmm. and then I was at a 10 and I was like, wow, I've never been like that before. And, yeah. And, and in the, uh, the Instagram live video, she was talking about how she saw the moment when the alarms went off mm-hmm. and I was like, oh fuck, I've totally been there. Yeah. You don't want to watch that. Right. <laughs> well, and I think that exact thing, right? Like her saying, her talking about that and having that awareness and being able to kind of explain it, it gives value to it having happened. Yeah. Similar to what Rue oh, was saying to Monique. I cannot tell you, Colin and our Marys, if you have not watched the Instagram live video, I know it's long. It doesn't matter. She goes through her whole time on the season and walks you through what we didn't see. And it, and it, uh, it it's put so plainly, so um, eloquently mm-hmm. that I'm just like, God, well, like, what did I what did I watch for thirteen weeks? Yeah, what did yeah. I watch? I mean, and I feel like you know, honestly, this season, I feel like it's kind of it's just like a, a Rashomon kind of season. There's multiple ways of seeing what happens. Sure, and um, this season, I would say in particular because these are some larger issues, even yeah. more than season nine was addressing. Right. You know? Right. Totally. I, I appreciate and admire the Vixen for, uh, the balls that she had. Yeah. Um, for walking off. Uh, we said, I said this about Aquaria. Um, and, when when she had that original uh, conflict with Vixen, mm-hmm. somebody's yelling at you. Somebody's trying to call you out. Somebody's trying to stir the pot. Mm-hmm. Yep, walk away. Yeah, yeah, you have the right to <laughs> walk yeah. away. Yeah, and granted, the Vixen was that. Oh, you're running away, scared, sad. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, maybe the Vixen was scared and sad. Yeah, and that's why she walked off. Right. I'm not gonna call her out on that. That's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. It's like no, nope. This is way beyond what I thought this was supposed to be. Yeah. And 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 maybe, sure, maybe this was a situation where let's just go there and say the Vixen found herself in a similar place Aquaria did if I just need to walk away. What an amazing moment of empathy. Sure. So there you go. You sure. know what I mean? Like we've all like benefited from that. Do you have any thoughts on uh, the flip side? Um, maybe why the Vixen shouldn't have walked off? Because I can also see uh, the side of like... Uh, Vixen, I want you to stay on the stage. I want you to not fight, but I want you to just be like, uh, I, I, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. And um, I know I had a choice and I didn't choose it. Yeah. I um. She's because basically she walked off when RuPaul was like, you have a choice uh, whether to speak up or mm-hmm. not. You know, which is a crazy thing to hear in 2018 of like telling uh, a person of color like, oh, just play nice. Well, exactly. Like that's that's the opposite of and RuPaul should know that. Like, that's crazy to me. But it's like RuPaul also made a career of modifying his drag to be appealing to mainstream white people. So, sure. sure. And and I wonder if the Vix and that's a great point. Um, I, I just wouldn't it have been great if they had to edit around or try a way to edit the Vixen saying. Um, no, I'm not going to be silent. That's part of my brand. Yeah. Like, like actually, yeah. I'm choosing to uh, call out the truth when I see it. Now, RuPaul said, she's like, well, you're escalating the tension in the room. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a reality show too, right? right? Isn't this what you're doing right now, RuPaul? I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't mean to keep doing that, but like every accusation he's making, it's like, yeah, but you're doing the same thing. And I, I, I mean, and Asia tried to stand up for the vixen, but I wish the vixen had stayed her ground and been like, yeah, I know I made that choice. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Yeah. That's what I did. Oh, I could have been. You're, you're right. I could have been, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. I think I'm. I think I'm still with Asia on this one that they should have jumped in a lot sooner. That the Vixens did not need five people, six including the moderator of the conversation, telling her how she should be reacting to how Eureka is acting. Sure. And I feel like to put the expectation on on the Vixen to mitigate that amount of pressure and to not expect anyone else in the room who is fully aware of what's happening right now to not step in is the problem. Right. Is that we're like, well, you need to deal with that. And it's like, well, it's not my issue. Yeah. I mean, I also think that there are queens on that stage that stayed on that stage and didn't go help the Vixen because of survival mm-hmm. of oh my God, there's a very angry producer on the stage right now. If I get up and walk away. Don't bite the hand that feeds, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, well, this is my career. That's the Vixen's career. She's going to figure out her path because, you know, she's got some gumption. Yeah, like you could tell Cracker wanted to follow her, but it's like she's also like three feet away from RuPaul and already not feeling on great ground with this franchise. Yes, yes, exactly. So, no, it's just interesting that, that the rest of the episode went on and it's like you could kind of feel that there was uh, some tension still. Yeah. I mean, they started laughing and they were reading and it was fine, but I was still kind of like, oh man. Yeah. And you know, they take breaks during filming. So I feel like they probably, I think they probably took a bit of a break um, to let things ease. sure. And then came back. And I know that uh, Cracker and Asia went up to the Vixen's room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And talked to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think she had then said other Queens had then also reached out to her, but um yeah, I mean, you know, and we can kind of get in. I guess it's it. This is kind of the section where it happened, but like, for then for her to leave, and then for RuPaul to be like, okay, well, like, let's pick the bones of the vixen and talk about her while she's not here, and right. see if we can get some more good TV out of this. Like, and they did, and they did, and and, and you know, the, the upside is we got Asia stepping up, but it it did feel a little bit like you just care about the content of this show. Right. That's all you care about right now. And she was a huge source of content and this is not what you planned. And you do not like things not going according to plan RuPaul. I just don't know why. I love Asia saying like somebody's hurting. We need to go help. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we do in this community. Mm -hmm. It, it made me realize that RuPaul didn't see that the vixen was doing this on her own accord instead of being pushed out because Mm -hmm. if i was a contestant on drag race i'd come to the reunion being like i'm welcomed here you welcomed me in your home okay so you're on my side yeah and then for you know almost like an intervention it's like that that moment in the in the horror movie when like oh you realize everybody invited to the party is actually a robot and they want to kill you yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's like okay i gotta get out of here right right just yeah you you get kind of invited in and then the door's locked behind you and it's like, no, this wasn't, you know, this is not what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is, there is a lot, there is an element of being kind of, um, bamboozled, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think it's RuPaul, the producer. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I still believe in the things that RuPaul says. I still don't believe, and, and this is a jump. So come with me, Mary's. I don't believe that the, that RuPaul hates the vixen i don't think that rupaul misunderstands the vixen's story mm-hmm. but uh rupaul is also pushing her own ego and her own show yeah into this and i think that those two paradigms clashing together is something that we saw on tv and rupaul got very upset and i 
I, I understand meeting somebody halfway. Mm-hmm. I get that. And when somebody doesn't, yeah, you leave them alone. Yeah. It's not let them go, but you leave them alone. Mm-hmm. And so RuPaul wasn't saying, I'm going to let go of the vixen. I think she's more like, okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go. Do, all right. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I'm not going to get in your way with something you don't want right now. Right. Um. Yeah. I, I saw that. I do understand that. I mean, again, like we, we've been criticizing Ru pretty hard right now, but like, it, the the episode is the sum of its parts. There's elements of this where Rue is spot on yeah. and is exactly the voice they need to hear and is, is interpreting things really well. It, you know, it's kind of like that Guardian interview. It's like, okay, and then you, you misstepped here. Yeah. And like, that's, I mean, I guess if we're going to like look at this idea of like, you know, this big drag family, like the drag race is really a family, a very produced one. Hmm. This happens. Yeah. You know? This happens. Yeah. I, she, her ideas about the Vixen over... Overshadowed her seeing the vixen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. She had set ideas, and also as a very set. You know, it's interesting. We'll talk about produced solutions later, but she had a very set idea of what the solution should be for the vixen, and it right, which is to make up with Eureka. Yep, or to say, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. She has a very specific set of ideas of what it looks like and how it should look, um, and that's been an issue, I think, for a lot of queens. You yeah. know how Rue interprets vulnerability how you know yeah. things like that yeah and the minute she turned to eureka eureka crumbled yeah it was like yep yeah, i did that wrong i need to do this right mm-hmm. i i need to do this next time i i, I this sucked you know blah blah, blah. i tried mm-hmm. to apologize i mean she she was a, a producer's, producer's contestant. contestant i was just gonna say she was a really producer contestant right there uh school as fuck completely yeah. Uh, you know, again, like I, I feel bad again jumping on like the bandwagon of of ragging on Eureka, but um, I think again the comparison of, of the vixen just being very authentic. It just none of what she was saying felt produced. It was very genuine. Yeah, compared to Eureka, which none of it felt genuine. She was just giving RuPaul the answers that he wanted to hear. You know, when he would say, "Oh, is that you being a little defensive?" She's giving him the up level answer that he wants to hear. You know what I mean? Like all of it is listening to see if she's getting the script right. Right. And that's it it's basically is we're not getting to see who the real Eureka is. So this isn't even really a criticism of Eureka O'Hara the drag queen. It's the thing that she's doing on TV instead of showing us her real self. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want her to stop so I can see who she really is. I just kind of want her to I just want to hear Eureka be like, "Yeah, I fucked up." Yeah. I, like when I'm she, really sorry. Mm-hmm, when That's she, it. Yeah, when she said, I know, I, I, I did a foolish thing because I was being sensitive and I, and, I, and I was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. I was like, this feels real. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, I mean, then the vixen was like, well, there's a lie in there. Right. right. We'll get to that. Right. <laughs> um, let's tell our Marys. We are 30 minutes in. Mm. Let's tell our Marys yeah. what they're listening to and have been listening to. Maybe, I mean, <laughs> maybe they've already sent like three hate mails because, you know. Or love mails. It's typically love, love. It's typically love. <laughs> but if any episode is going to inspire us to go off for a half hour before the intro, it is the reunion. Because this, of course, is another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. Uh, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little beady beady TV show. And I'm Mary. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the Mary. <laughs> I'm the Mary. <laughs> um, I'm Johnny. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I'm Colin. And we, as you know, you figured this out by now. Uh, we are recapping the season ten reunion. Uh, 
uh, Queens Reunited. And it feels so awkward. Feels really awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was... Oh my um, God, but how great was it to see Monique Hart again? She looked... I took the note. What was that look she had on? I called it Orville Red for Feltenbacher. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, hot dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hot wieners. Hot wieners. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, wiener the, dog. Wiener yeah. dog. Yeah, the looks. The looks were Here good. for the comments. Yeah. The looks were good. The looks. I mean. Who's I, your favorite look? Well, okay. So I have a few notes. You know, I can't believe no one gave credit to Aquaria's brown cowgirl stunning. Sure. I mean. With me, the freckles? Meme, oh, the freckles. Oh, my God. She looked like the mom from Babysitter's Dead coming back from the Australian out- Outback. Early. Yeah, Early. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that before with Asia. The Asia kind of pulled a Sue Ellen. was like, go to bed, mom. Yeah. And we'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> um, let's see. What else did I love? Um, oh, can I tell you? When... I mean, Yuha Hamasaki. Oh, yeah. Ringu better work. (laughs) (laughs) Crab Ringu. Yeah, Crab Ringu. Oh, my God. It was brilliant. I love when queens do that. It's like a Thorgy Thor fat suit. Yeah. It's like when it's... Or a detox black and white. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like... Oh, you're you're kind of just like totally fucking with my head right now. Yeah, you're dialing up to twelve. Yeah, yeah. you're doing drag with a capital D. Yeah, I appreciate it. I I like that you. I was like Yuha. Sorry, I'm Yuha. Yuha. Um, I like that she didn't take any of this too too seriously. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're just having a good time. Yeah. Um, other looks that I liked. I mean, <laughs> Monet Exchange. <laughs> she looked like the CEO of a Jamba Juice. <laughs> <laughs> But that's not even a dig because I bet that CEO has a great time. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah, drinking the juice, Mary. Right, you know they have like a yearly cruise. Drink your juice, Mary. Drink your juice, Monet. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I appreciated Dusty's hair. Oh, yeah. She was like a Cenobite Bride of Frankenstein yes, thing. Yeah, yes. yeah. That was, I thought that that was a nice reminder of what Dusty does. Yeah. You know? I loved, loved Eureka's outfit. Oh, really? I thought, I because what I appreciated was the detail in the ruffles. Mm-hmm. There were like shadows painted in. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Oh. Um, I thought she looked great. Yeah, I thought she looked like somebody's Greek grandparents living room kid, <laughs> couch. Like it just looked very like <laughs> blue and yellow and untouched. That's the point, Mary. Yeah. Have a seat. Right. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Um, other than that, I think Blair looked like a Judd. Um, okay, yeah. And Cameron's headpiece looked like it had shinoki mushrooms on it. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. Um, I. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> a um, we had mayhem, little orphan mayhem. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, she was. It's. I kind of. I don't want to say I forgot about mayhem, but she didn't have a lot of drama this season. Right. Right. And so much happened that I was like, oh yeah, mayhem. Yeah. I remember when I thought she was gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, top, top. yeah, and then yeah. she was, you know, yeah. I um. Yeah, I guess uh, Vanjie looked amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah very, she... very Beetlejuice mm-hmm. uh, with the veil. Yeah, I feel like um, Valentina, I think she's done like a similar look with like the red hair and the black veil. Like she's like a similar kind of concept in it. Oh. Like it's a great idea. Yeah. It works really well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and RuPaul. Yeah, RuPaul looked <laughs> great. Yeah. He looked like uh, an angry father. Yeah. He looked like a rich white family's beach house. <laughs> The colors? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I guess so. Some sort of like, um, I don't know, love seat on the the porch. You know what I mean? Have a seat. Have a seat. Yeah, we're having iced tea. Um, So this reunion, uh, we talked about 
basically, I think what everybody's talking about with the reunion, mm-hmm. which overshadowed uh, a, a lot of other things that happened. That yeah. went down a lot mm-hmm. of uh, check-ins. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? Well, I mean, you know, I have like linear notes and we can kind of just skip through if there's yeah. any highlights just right. to kind of, I feel like in the past we've kind of like just talked about highlights of the, the reunion, but I feel like there were a number, there were a number of meaningful moments so sure um we obviously talk about vanjie fe- fever first right um and you know at this point i think vanessa is a shoe in for season 11 yeah she was one of the best parts of this reunion just with all the things that happened i thought she, everything she said was funny and quick mm-hmm. and charming mm-hmm. and was like oh you are a queen with so much more good tv to give oh yeah uh, when she said people are intercoursing and they call they get vanjied <laughs> oh when would oh, oh, she said vanjie uh, yeah. um Take your fifteen and like and act like you was there the whole time. Yeah, and I thought that's isn't that's that that's the life advice. Well, and that's mm-hmm. interesting because I remember early on in the season noticing certain queens that were more prominent selling merch mm-hmm. on social media, and I don't know if that's a politeness from the other queens that go further that mm-hmm. aren't selling things that's because they're point. like, oh, I don't want to saturate. Yeah, uh, because yeah, it's their moment. Yeah, you have one week. Yeah, yeah, where right. people are maybe a couple days where people are thinking about you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She talked about ducking and dodging those cookies. Oh my god! <laughs> like she's the kind of queen where it's like it's like Monet. I it could happened li- overnight. Yeah, I could listen to her talk about anything. You know, <laughs> just like she's just fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, so we did, you know, did a little Vanjie fever, gave her her time to shine till season 11. Yes. I loved, uh, Calorie's <laughs> quip. Yeah. Right. She's like, well, I own 20, 20% Perce- of this. This yeah. company. I was, yeah, I was so proud of her. Yeah, I was like, I was, okay. All right. All right um, I don't know what that reference is from. I've, I've heard it, but I Mommy Dearest. Is that Mommy Dearest? I own 20% of this company. Yeah. And yeah. I figured it was that scene, but I couldn't remember if it was like a dynasty thing. No, no, yeah. no, no. Um, then they're highlighting, uh, memorable lip syncs of the season. Why didn't they highlight Mayhem Miller celebrity? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That one to me will stand out. But she started ripping those feathers off. Yeah, I felt like um, you know, in terms of like the memorable ones, that was that would be one I'd want to talk about. I mean, obviously the Monet Dusty lip sync was yes. worth revisiting. Um you know, Monet, of course, like didn't plan on doing the fake out, but we know it's like in her. She had it in her bag of tricks. She's in a wheelhouse. Yeah. No shame in that. No way. She made sure it would be good when she did it. Yeah. Um. I just love. Just again, to the note of like anything Monet says, I think is is funny when she's like saying about doing the fake out. She's like, you know, Dusty might do some crazy ass shit and send my raggedy ass home, <laughs> dragging my three broken suitcases across. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I hope she got new suitcases. I hope so too. Um, <laughs> they talk about the Monet Vixen lip sync. Yeah, uh, Monet, Monique. Uh, sorry, Monique, Monique yeah, and Vixen. Yeah, um, she didn't know the word. It was fun to see Monique wiggle again. Yeah. you know, honestly, like seeing those clips again, I was like, yeah, but she gave that movement. Yes. She was, and she had that bald head. Oh my god, and that's it's kind of my drag. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, uh, it's interesting they chose that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one felt a little bit more like you're kind of humiliating yeah this is really just a highlight that monique didn't know the words right and that she probably would have gone on maybe right and i kind of feel like oh that might have i don't know i guess there there could have been a story there about like the higher mountain that monique had to climb because she had to make all her looks yep but i mean i also feel like that's a slippery slope of like other then queens we're talking being, about yeah mm-hmm, yep. yeah yeah and it's like uh, you know they chose the double save uh, with Cameron. Yes. Okay. Oh, and Eureka. And this reminded me of, and I can't believe I didn't bring it up sooner, but I saw this on this on the subreddit. Eureka as an old lady. Do you know who she looks like? Who? The aunt from Home Alone. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh my! 
Fuller's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> and then it was like, that's who it is. Oh my God. I know. Isn't that, we got to do Is there a side by side? Yeah, they did. Okay, I can't good. believe. I don't know why I didn't immediately send it to oh you. This God. was weeks ago. Oh. I know. And then I forgot about it. And then I saw the clip of the double split and I was like, <gasps> Fuller's mom. Fuller's mom. And I just think that is like also the deep cut of the aunt, the from, aunt from Home Alone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yes. that's exactly who she looked like. So I, if you happen, it, I'm sure there are Redditors out there who know what I'm talking about. If you happen to be the Redditor who posted that, you are. A legend. Yes. One word. One word. A legend. <laughs> um, so, and uh, then Cracker versus Cameron was the other lip sync, right? Uh, yes, Cameron versus Cracker. Um, I feel like Rue was trying to make some kind of pun when he said, "Was that a pivotal moment for you?" Because she was like spinning her legs, okay. and Cameron just didn't pick up the bait. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Bad joke, Dad. Right. I just have heard that, like, you know, that thing when you're like, "Was that a pivotal moment?" Right. Right. It's like, all right, okay, all right. Mary. I know that movie. Um, yes, yeah, she. Uh, she highlighted this this moment because it was a rare three in a row win mm-hmm. um, for lip syncing. This is also a, a, a controversial uh, lip sync. Um, I think she brought up wisely. RuPaul brought up like, well, you played it sexy and Cracker, you played it funny. Mm-hmm. And Cracker stole the show when she's like, yeah, if you see me act sexy, like it's going to be funny. Right, right, right. It's going to be even worse. Than <laughs> yes, if I even just, worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then she said, I would have lost even harder and Rue was like, well, I mean, you were top five. So yeah. like, it's like <laughs> bottom and, 10. Yeah, yeah. It's like, let's just like, let's remember you still were top five. Right, you were right. the last eliminated queen. Yeah. 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 Um, so then, uh, any other lip syncs that, that we missed that we liked? I mean, the, obviously mayhem. Yeah, I mean the mayhem one. I'm trying to think of like the other queens as they went home because obviously Yuha Yuha went home to with with uh, mayhem, air guitar with air guitar. So there you go. Um, <laughs> there was of course there was Blair versus the Vixen. Oh right, I'm coming out. Yes, and I believe the, another air air that was air. It should have been air trombone, but yes. it was like <clears throat> air sax. Yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> that was I. Anyway, egregious, egregious. That was egregious. <laughs> Inclusion writer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and so um, then there was, let's see, Vixen. Oh, there was, oh, Asia versus the Vixen Groove is in the heart. Oh, I love one. that lip sync. Three, two, one. Oh. Yeah, and there's yeah. that shot with the two of them. Yeah. There's a gif of that, and I keep meaning to save it because it's just like it's a good one. It's one of those moments. Um, and then, let's see. So there was that. There was when Monet did uh, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Oh, right. Um, then there was, um, she was like naked. Yeah, she naked. had walking around with her pants on <laughs> her ankles, you know, like she's having a trouble in a public bathroom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's got she got all. It's, like, it's like me after three drinks, Mary. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I'm putting down the baby change table and just <laughs> resting on it for a little while. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the you know pants behind around my ankles. Oh, Mary. I mean, I hey. have a cheap day. Oh, sure. Well, again, <laughs> put the baby change table down and lay there for a little while. <laughs> It's not the eagle, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been to the eagle recently. Oh, they just the installed trough. a baby change oh table. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, they had one in Fort Lauderdale. No uh, way. No, no, no. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, after that, Rue has that quote about uh, drag race as a microcosm uh, for what's oh, going on right. in the world today. That brings us to the Vixen and the I Came Here to Fight. Sure. Um, and then, I mean, we kind of talked about some of this, and <clears throat> I feel like I don't need to highlight the whole Vixen Cracker Aquaria thing because it's all moot. Yeah. You know, I think it was like, yeah, the Vixen, sure, maybe she stirred things a little bit by telling the truth, but it was like, okay, well, th- this is not a criminal offense. Right. I mean, it was a very excited 
too vague and it was like girl calm the fuck down it was a little like like mind your business yeah i don't yeah like i think if she had maybe said oh too vague come on yeah i think it would have been totally different and she kind of admitted too she's like yeah i didn't know yeah aquarian quacker a cracker except for the fact that i mixed them up when i met cracker and then aquaria on separate occasions mm-hmm. it's like okay um but yeah i mean th- that happened and uh they fought <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fought for a little while. I mean, I saw, yeah, I thought that was kind of like the least important conflict. Um, we learned about Vixen becoming a verb, which I don't know. If I oh, yeah. It felt to, weird. To, 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 I got to go Vixen that. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Vixen yeah, the situation. The, the, the seamless guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Calling like, truth out. I think yeah, I think it, it depends on how you define yeah, it. Right. Yeah, if it's just like being a raging bitch. I love that RuPaul said it was an adjective. I'm like, girl. Yeah. Kimora. Yeah. Come on. Francis Jolie. Yeah, what's an adjective, Kimora? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Francis this is Jolie, um, <laughs> grammar teacher. Wait, excuse me, what? An adjective? Yeah. You, do you know what an adjective is? Yeah. yeah. Do, do you want to use one in a sentence? You know, when I, I know. Like you, ignorant? I know that? people your age don't know much right. about English language now. Right, yeah. Ugh, oh, sorry. God. <laughs> <laughs> like an adjective like manipulative <laughs> or instigating. Um, Sad. <laughs> yeah, angry. Um Instigating is an adjective. I know that that's also a verb. I don't want to get red in this moment. All right, Mary. Um, <laughs> in terms of an instigating situation. Anyway, so uh, I... Oh, I, th- I think I... Be- yes, I believe the vixen when she says this isn't her normal state. Yes, which oh. was kind of a revelation was that like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You're in this pressure cooker. You get a lot of shit coming at you. You're having someone provoke you on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably act out of character too. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how well you know your character and, mm-hmm. and where you are in life. Um, I one thing that I think it's worth noting is that um, she doesn't l- use really the poke the bear mm-hmm. slogan anymore yeah. because it implies that she's always angry, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's just not the case. It's like you can come to her and then the bear will come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the the whole idea of poke the bear is that she's like this walking beehive. Right, you have to be careful. Of. Right. Um, and she's asserting that it's not the case. Yeah. And outside of the show, at least. And and I guess kind of to that, if we're going to kind of bring up the fact that like, indeed, Eureka admitted to, you know, testing her and admitted it in the reunion. Um, I was, I was going to say appalled, but that felt dramatic, but we are talking about drag. So I was appalled that RuPaul made an allusion to Ike Turner. When he said, eat the cake, Annie Mae. Oh. He was like, that's, I know what you're trying to say. You're saying, well, you made me do this. It's like, yeah, but what Eureka did was intentionally provoke her. And what Tina Turner did was live her damn life. And her husband beat the shit out of her. So I think the nuances are just not lining up, Mary. Yeah, that was. Right? Yeah. Like. I forgot that she said that. I mean, to say, like, your provoked reaction is essentially abuse. I mean, are you kidding me? Right. I just, I don't blame her for walking out. Yeah. Because you could see in that moment where it was like, if she knew that reference, she and I think she did. I feel like I, I, the vixen is a smart cookie. She knows where this music's come coming from, so to speak. Okay. She probably heard that and and was probably like, okay, I know you're now making an allusion to me being like Ike Turner, and I don't know if I understand that. And RuPaul's not going to give her enough space to question it. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to wonder. She was calling her Ike. She was saying, "Well, what you're doing? It's it's very, you know, eat the cake, Otome or anime, which is um, Otome, Otome. No, oh, anime. anime. I'm confusing ghost with anime. Uh, anime. Um, it's from that scene, <laughs> Otome in Brown. Otome Brown. Yeah, yeah. I wrote uh, the wrong name. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, because I keep your pen. Thank you so much. There's that scene in um, What's Love Got to Do with It in the diner where he's like, "Eat your cake, anime," oh, oh, and she doesn't oh. want to eat it, and then he like smashes right, it in her right, face. Right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, that's but but I guess my not confusing the scene, but like okay, so he was saying because he's saying you have a choice. I thought maybe he was alluding that she's. Tina Turner and that she could have just eaten the cake no 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 so what he was saying was like the vixen was saying well you provoked me you were you were trying to get that reaction out of me and then that's when RuPaul was saying well that sounds very like well eat the cake go to May like you made me do this like oh. you you that whole idea of like, oh an abusive partner saying like well you you, you made me, me off yeah, yeah you shouldn't have pissed me off yeah, it's you, like you know you get hit and it's like well you did this to me you made me angry yeah you knew I was I was having a hard day at work and you're getting in my face so you shouldn't right. have done that right yeah and I guess okay so so yes, that totally makes sense connecting mm -hmm. that to poke the bear because that's not what uh, sure that's what it seemed like she was promoting on the show. Mm -hmm. I will say that mm -hmm. that there are there have been fans that have written in mm -hmm. and then people that have been talking that like yeah poke saying don't poke the bear is like really fucked up mm -hmm. because it's it's very manipulative. It's very like mm -hmm. you deserve this. Yeah, and um, the vixen has come back and said like no 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 that's not what that means. Mm -hmm. It just means like if you're gonna. Throw abuse at me I'm going to protect myself Yeah And we see the original conversation With Monique In the episode Where where that's exactly the context Yeah I mean She may have run with it a little bit And kind of like Toyed with the idea of it being A, a catchphrase But like I'm not gonna hold her to that I'm not gonna You know what I mean Like I think Like the longer story Is like that's that's not what she was actually doing. Yeah. It's not what actually was happening. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think that there are, I'm sure there are listeners that are just like over the Vixen and don't agree with the Vixen. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get all that. Yeah. Leave her alone. Like, yeah, don't like, why, why try to, why try to pick something apart that maybe you don't understand mm -hmm. or maybe uh, we, we're not seeing the whole picture, you right. know? Right. Yeah. And exactly. It's like, it's one thing to kind of talk about it and try to like understand it. But like, if you're just not into it, then like yep. move on. There's like a hundred and something other Queens yeah. only on drag race alone. Yeah. You know? There's some people that just don't like conflicts that mm -hmm. don't like people that yell or that are loud. It's like, okay. Yeah. Not, not a queen for you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to like everything. No. Yeah. It's the magic of drag. Um, I do um, I do think it's really it was an interesting moment that made me think of like imbalanced parenting when RuPaul kind of glances at Eureka and says you're not off the hook either Eureka oh right like don't if you're not gonna do it then don't throw out a little like little you're grounded ball. too yeah like don't waste everybody's time with that sure. like you're not gonna hold Eureka to anything here like you're gonna acknowledge, oh, you're not off the hook too, but you're actually not gonna put her on the. You're hook. in my top four, and yeah. you uh, might win. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 and I'm gonna let you get away with everything. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, uh, I'm just not buying it, Gia. That's all. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so they come back. Uh, she pivots mm -hmm. after the break to Dusty. Yes. Um, oh, I guess uh, I just want to note this one thing before we get to that is just uh, when Ru when. When the vixen says, uh, you know, I didn't start any fights here. You keep saying I came here to fight. I didn't oh, start right. any fights. And RuPaul said, oh, well, you know, th this thing with Cracker and Aquaria, like that was something. And she's like, um, I was telling the truth. And then that's where RuPaul says, "If and this I thought was interesting. Um, if you're going to tell the truth and it's going to create tension in the room, that's starting a fight. And I thought, like, the problem is that advice. And we've, we've, I've told, we've talked about this already. Like, being silent is not the solution. But, right. like... The fact that RuPaul then breaks it down to that is like well, the, that you tried to tell the truth and it made everybody uncomfortable. So that's bad. Right. 
I, I'm just like, are we on the same show? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Anyway, I just, I know that's kind of reiterating what we've already talked about, but it bears repeating. Yeah. And again, like the Vixen came at that situation, you know, blazing. Mm -hmm. Like it was just like, no, too vague. And her, because she raised her voice and she kept telling um, Aquaria to shut up and and stop talking Mm -hmm. and kept calling her out and blah, 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 and not letting Aquaria talk, Mm -hmm. I think did escalate a situation that could have just been a conversation. Totally. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also don't think that, uh, that if the Vixen was like, nope, too vague, if I was Aquaria, I would have been like, yeah, you're right. Cracker, let's let's talk soon when mm-hmm. we don't have a fucking audience. Yeah, yeah. Well, and didn't she say on the 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 live stream that Eureka told her to say something about it being too vague? I, I saw that in the notes. Oh, uh, I don't remember that. Um, whatever. I mean, I I think that I understand that. She, I agree. I think that she escalated it unnecessarily and could have approached it differently. But to boil it down to like, if you're going to tell the truth, oh, right. and it's going to make people uncomfortable, you really shouldn't. To boil it down that way is really messed up. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, we've but, obviously. But but I'm <clears throat> sorry. I'm just going to take RuPaul's uh, paradigm. Sure. If you're going to further yourself in certain circles or certain worlds, yeah, you have to play nice. You have to let. Uh, let daggers lie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so the Vixen is creating a different world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Vixen's world. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and, but in RuPaul, RuPaul's world, and especially in like mainstream culture, yeah, you don't, you don't uh, raise tension mm-hmm. when there doesn't need to be. Well, I think it's that a, doesn't involve you. I think it's about like following rules to be like, because a lot of it, I think there's a lot of that theme of like following rules. And I think that um, so much of it's tied to like in order to be successful, you have to not do certain things and you have to, you do have to say certain things and you do have to play a, a certain game. And it's like, yes, um, depending on what type of success you want, depending, like if you want to be a Hollywood actor, then yeah, you have to play in that sick world of Hollywood. Yeah. And if you want to be on RuPaul's Drag Race, then you have to play that game too. But you don't have to play those games to be successful. Sure. Like there are so, there's so many other opportunities to be independently successful now that I think that that advice of like, yeah, that might apply to like really mainstream things. I, I, I just <clears throat> think it might have been easier uh, or... I don't mean to put any sort of words in what the Vixen should have said, but I'm just trying to think if RuPaul said, well, you know, that was a choice. You could have just said nothing. Mm-hmm. I, my response would have been like, yeah, I could have said nothing, but I'm on a drag race television show. Yeah. And yeah. so I chose to say something. Yeah. Cause your producers told us at the beginning to remember <laughs> we're making a TV show. So just kind of like, I know that in the real world, mm-hmm. this is not the real world. Right. I know that in the real world, yeah, I know how to get along to get along because I had to do it in Chicago for years and it fucking sucks. So yeah. now I'm on a platform where, oh, actually, like, you know, uh, people want conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to say we're not a season of somebody's. Yeah. Yeah. If, if this is what you're looking for, then sure, I'll help you out. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, now they're. Now they're chastising her for it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we've uh, we've of course uh, Vixen uh, leaves at that point, and uh, I think she made the right decision, and I'm glad she did the Instagram live, and uh, she's certainly a queen I'm interested in to keep watching. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what she's gonna do. Yeah. Um, I know Black Girl Magic is gonna be huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, I. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I, I think that's I, really cool. I, I hope that the fans don't come for her. 
I hope that, or if they do, that it, you know, subsides ev- mm-hmm. uh, eventually. Um, yeah, I mean, that's true, is like in a few weeks after the finale, like especially after the finale, because all those idiots are going to then just fuel channel all their anger towards... The winner. Yeah, yeah. So it's like these these dipshits will find someone else to hate. Sure. Um, so anyway, uh, let's, yes, let's talk about Dusty's story. All right. Let's shift gears a little bit. Um, well, I mean, it was just kind of a, another rehashing. Um, I think what was noteworthy for me is when RuPaul asked her... Um, you know, how does it feel to get love from your chosen family? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that enough? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a real question, mm-hmm. and it was one that I don't think Dusty was ready to hear. Yeah, because she was like, "It's great," and yeah. she, her voice breaks. Mm-hmm. I love my chosen family so much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, every single time a stranger comes up to me and tells me how amazing I am, I'm kind of like. I wish you were my mom. Yeah. I wish you were my family. Yeah. I mean, when, when Rue asks her, is your chosen family enough? It's like, it has to be. Yeah. Like, if I walk around with this not being enough, then I'm fucked. Because I'm not going to get, necessarily, I can't guarantee I'm ever going to see common ground with someone who doesn't think that I'm an equal human being. Ugh, right. So, like, it's a good question to ask, but it's like, <clears throat> the reality is like, what do you think the answer is, RuPaul? But, yeah, yes. And I think it's important for... Uh, queer kids mm-hmm. to hear Dusty say, "No, it still hurts." Yeah, I know it still hurts, and I'm happy with my family. But yes, that hurt is still there. Yeah, I still feel these scars, and I know, th- and I know them, and I'm still healing from them. Yeah, right? that you're that it doesn't make it all go away. And we've talked about this with like grief and death and yeah. the, the sort of stone in your pocket situation right. that like, if you can make peace with that, then that's really what peace is. Sure. Not the pain being gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I liked her kind of reminder that like, you know, this experience, like this is just for now. This is just temporary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, I, I think that that's, um, it's like a hard one piece of advice, uh, or a hard one, uh, perspective is to be able to remember in a painful moment like it's literally impossible for this to go on forever right like this it will change it the nature of life is that something about this will change and the way it is today will not be the same sure you know and it might be you yeah, yeah. Well, the, who, the 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 catalyst for the change is a myriad of things yeah but whatever today looks like is just today yeah i mean you think about asia who's lost her parents mm-hmm. and then dusty's parents have uh, you know, they still talk to her, but they don't see her as a human equal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's messed up. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what I would prefer. Obviously, I, I don't even want to go there. I know, right? No, um, I know what you mean. But like, yeah. it's it, it's so interesting to hear about, uh, and this this is for straight people or queer people, but like your, your interaction with your parents, whether they're gone mm-hmm. or whether they're still there and they are, are just not feeling your, 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 gig yeah you're jush as as jasmine <laughs> would say yeah right i mean that is uh that's certainly a question is is it is it harder to just have them be dead or be alive and dead to you right you know um like i don't have a relationship with my father but he's you know he was 30 miles away from me when i was in florida um he is essentially i mean he's not alive in my life so to speak um but i think you know, I think about that all the time. It's like, oh, would my life be easier if he just had passed away? And uh, I don't know the answer to that. I can't mm. give that answer, but I think about that all the time. Sure. Um, and I think that's something a lot of people think about um, because it's uh, it's not an easy yes or no. 
you know you don't right. want to wish anyone dead no um but when you just think about the concept of like is is the grief harder in which form you know yeah you know? and i don't think it's about comparing i guess mm-hmm. you know and i guess yeah. that's why i wouldn't want to choose um and i think uh just promoting both of those stories on this show shows us yes there's different forms of grief yeah there's different forms of loss yeah yeah you know? exactly and it doesn't yeah. always look like a casket right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah exactly um so then we move on to talking about monique's story um oh, God. which they recap and then rupaul says wow that's deep. That's deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh boy, you're, you're a baby pool right now. Um, um, he, Monique Hart uh, is everything that I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. When she was talking about just like the bullshit that you go through to get to your authentic self. Yeah. Like the, the bullshit that you go through to take the incredible short journey back to yourself. Right. You know? Right. It's um, very Westworld. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I also love that idea of that, like, essentially what she had determined was, like, she she saw that, that kid at Hamburger Mary's, uh, and she got to that moment of, like, if I can't be that boy, I'll be there for that boy, Yeah, you know? Well, it's like what we talk about, um, or we have talked about, but this idea of, like, when you're hurting, go help someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if that couldn't have been my reality, then I'm going to make sure it's his, Yeah, you know? And, I mean, I just love that. Like, get up there and twirl. Yeah. Like, get up there and twirl. Yeah, and it's it was just great to kind of hear that, like, it wasn't until she got in a drag that she's like, oh, this is who I am. Right. This is when something happens, America. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I just and you see it even in like when Rue was trying to come for her about that lip sync. And he's like, well, your wig came off. She's like, yes, it did. And and it's come out before. It's happened before. And she said, and, and America, bring the camera closer. Did I stop? Was the song <laughs> over? No. And I feel like that's what matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter what if your wig falls off. Uh. In life, it doesn't matter. In life, it doesn't matter. Did did you keep wiggling? Yeah. Nevertheless, did you wiggle? Nevertheless, she wiggled. I mean... Yeah. (laughs) This queen. She's she's really... You know, because RuPaul really gives her credit for learning the lesson. You know, in a way that we don't see often. He's like, you got it. You got it. And I feel like in some ways, Monique was like the Dorothy Gale of the room. She learned the lesson, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and had figured something out. And I feel like RuPaul was like, oh, oh, you're like... You're like a sort of spiritual adult in the room. I see. You know? Well, yeah, she calls that out. She's like, you just quoted the Bible. Yeah, and then interpret it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's her own gospel. uh, Well, you know, the the ministry of drag. Oh, the ministry of drag. The ministry of Monique Hart. Yeah. Yeah. Or the the gospel of Monique. The gospel of Monique. Yeah, 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 exactly. A letter from the word of Monique. Yeah. Uh, And she can sing. She can. It's a shame we didn't get to see that. She can sing. Yeah. Apparently, they were singing lots of... uh, copyrighted tunes in the mm-hmm. workroom. Yeah, yeah. One of them being, um, I think they sung songs from Sister Act 2, which I was yes. really happy to Yes, we talked about that because then when she came to New York, she and uh, Monet hosted at Hardware and oh. they sang... Um, His Eyes on the Sparrow or uh, Joyful, Joyful? Joyful, Joyful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Monique Hart. Mon- uh, Monet could have played Cheryl Lee Ralph's character in that movie, uh, Lauren Hill's mother. Oh, oh. Yes. Rita Louise Watson. Rita Louise Watson, you better get upstairs. <laughs> you got chores to do or homework to do. I'd love to see that. Ma, we just chilling. <laughs> um, yeah, I love uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph. Uh, singing does not put food on the table. <laughs> singing does not pay the bills. Singing is no guarantee for your future. Now, how many times do I have to tell you that? I've actually never <laughs> seen Sister Act 2. Get out! Yep, I've never seen it. 
I know. It's homophobic. I know. I know. Yeah, kids don't say that anymore. The kids aren't calling things homophobic that anymore. That is homophobic. That's Mary. homophobic. I can't believe you haven't seen Sister Act two. I know. That's gay culture. Oh my god. That's my favorite one that's now. Gay that's my favorite. I love. It is so special to me when people name things as that's gay culture. Mary Maggie Smith, uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay, you have Kathy Najimy. That's gay culture. Mary, <laughs> Mary, Mary. They make references to the love boat in that movie. Wow. Wow. I mean, what more do I need? Noreen from the Brady Bunch movie is in that movie. Alana Ubach. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was just talking to someone the other night. Speaking of Alana Ubach, um, do you know the movie Clock Watchers? Yes. Oh, my God. Great. Great, great movie. Tony Collette, Parker yes. Posey, yes. Lisa Kudrow. Yes. Yes! Matreon movie. My finger! I falling! I know! I know. I love that. I know. I haven't seen it in ages. So that's going on the Matreon list. Mary, have you seen Clock Watchers? (laughs) It's so good. Oh, uh, my arm just almost fell yeah. off, Mary. And it wasn't from jerking off. No, it wasn't. It is Pride Weekend, though, so <laughs> you do want to rest up. Uh, um, anyway. Anyway, um, we then move on to Bla- uh, remembering Blair's story. Oh, Blair St. Clair. Um, Blair. <laughs> wow. The thing that got me with this story was her, uh, and we can open this up mm-hmm. to the queer community, um, focusing on it. So many gay spaces focused on alcohol, mm-hmm. but this idea that she numbs herself by drinking, and that's yeah. that's what she did. She would just drink to excess. Yeah, um, and for her to be at that age, I my hat is off to her. No, personally, yeah. mm-hmm. I can't believe that she recognized that she's sober right now. That is a hard ass fucking journey. Yeah, um, all the best of luck to her and her trials and tribulations with that. But mm-hmm. um, I. Uh, what what resonated with me so much is seeing what people do with substances because of the traumas that they've experienced, right? Yeah, yeah. And the first step is recognizing, oh, I do this. I emotionally eat because this just happened. Right. Whenever this happens, oh, then I go. Then I go to the diner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, just to be able to see that pattern and not just keep living it out unconsciously. Yeah. Unconsciously. Yeah. And then and then to recognize that the ways in which that pattern serves you and when it's numbing your pain, I mean, that's really hard. Like if it's just a pattern of like boredom, right? I mean, like sure. I've gotten to that where I just do things because I'm bored. Right. And it's like, well, that the <clears throat> the pain level is pretty low for boredom. You know, like you can address that pretty easily. Yeah. But what she's doing it for is something so much greater and such yeah. a larger hill to climb. Oh, completely. But I, I really admired and I could see it in the way that she was talking like, since she's gotten sober, like how much like spiritual growth she's had and how much sort of thoughtfulness. And, and I, I just that there was something about her saying, like being more thoughtful and considerate. I thought, oh, that resonates that when you get a substance out of your life, you realize how much and how many other people you've been um, just disregarding because of the substance. Right. And and it's like right. it opens you up to so many more opportunities for for connection and compassion. Yeah. You and, see when people other people are numbing, mm-hmm. you know, when yeah. people stop calling you because you're not numbing with them. Yeah. I mean, there's a, um, there's a, uh, I, I don't know if he's a, a social worker or an author or a doc. He's a doctor actually. He's a doctor. Um, and I can't remember his name, but he works with a lot of, Oh, um, Gabor Mata or something like that. I don't remember what else, but anyway, he's worked with a lot of addicts in Vancouver, 
because um, they have a huge um, sort of junkie population in the downtown area, or at least they did. And so one of the conclusions he came to in terms of addiction is that addiction, we probably talked about this before, but kind of the the antidote or the other side of addiction is connection, is that people, that's a sort of a healing method of connection is helping people feel more connected to other people, to addiction is to, is to feel more connected. Okay. Um, and so I feel like there's, why I'm talking about this, that is because I feel like Blair discovering more opportunities to be thoughtful and considerate or, or, you know, uh, connecting with other people seems to match that. Okay. You know, that like getting clear and getting sober kind of opened her up to the ways to really heal addiction, Uh you know? Oh, I hear you. Yeah. I've, I, I just witness it, um, in myself and in others, uh, when you recognize what, what you numb with Mm -hmm. and why you numb. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that. Um, I love that so much. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, honestly, I felt a little, I felt it a a little exploitative for them to just show it all again and for us to watch the whole confession again. And I'm just kind of like, Oh my God, that is so hard. And then to hear that she talked to her mother about it. I was like, I can't even, yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. To kind of have that dichotomy of like, well, I can talk about it on television, but it's actually telling my mother that was that much harder because like, of course means so much more of course that makes perfect sense yeah Yeah. um yeah i just she seemed so much i mean a lot of times in drag blair looks so much older than she does as a boy right and she now feels so much older too because she just seems to have just matured yeah incredibly yeah into what that drag brought out yeah perhaps the strength yeah exactly yeah um so then we move on to monet monet uh, Monette, uh, and, uh, how obviously, uh, her family back home does not know about, uh, or they know about, but don't quite love her whole drag career. Um, then she describes herself as the highest form of gay as a drag queen. Right. Was cute. Uh, RuPaul loved that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I liked both she and Yuhua, Yuhua, if I'm going to stop and say it right, because that's the right thing to do. You know, I, uh, yes, it is. And also, I saw Yuha live, and she kept saying her name as Yuha. Yuha. She kept saying Yuha, and maybe it's because it's easier for right. white people to say. Maybe, maybe, but I'm going to make the effort here. Thanks, Mary. Uh, sure. And so I feel like both both of them kind of talked about their experiences with their families from like a, like a racial cultural point uh-huh, of view. Right. And I appreciated that because it's like... You know, those are real factors. And if we are going to talk about <clears throat> uh, drag race being a microcosm and telling real stories, um, I think understanding what it means to be a a black gay person and what that means for uh, an older generation, yep. what it means to be a Chinese American gay person and what that means for their family. Right. Um, and I mean, I because I had a friend in college who's <clears throat> like first generation Chinese American, and so I learned like everything Yuha was talking about. Yuhua was, not, uh, whatever. Anyway, everything she was talking about, uh, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I've heard all of this. Like all, this is so familiar. And so to kind of hear it in that context was really interesting, right? You know, and for her to say, you know, when are you going to bring home a girl? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can laugh that off eventually, mm-hmm. and if you're if your parents are still kind of recognizing who you are, because mm-hmm. uh, you're kind of like, it's kind of like my mother being like, when are you going to be on Broadway? Right. It's it's like, like, 
Oh my god. Like mom. You're ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. What context are you asking this question in? Right. Yeah. Right. Um I know you look at Yuhua and it's like she looks like she works at a yoga studio out of drag. You know what I mean? She looks like this like beautiful oh, out I of see. drag. Okay. Like, it's, it's just like stunning. This like cute I haven't I have not been to that many yoga studios. Oh, so which is a reference that I'm She just like, has this hmm. very like like zen clean eating green juice vibe oh, okay um and i just i i look at you and i'm like yeah you are the girlfriend like you're gorgeous yeah and feminine and like your parents are just ignoring all of the details that are saying like someone's gonna bring you home as the girlfriend sure yeah sure. yeah i hear you um what's next <clears throat> um well then uh we move on to the toots and the boots oh i said boot this segment <laughs> Oh sure, whatever. Yeah, um, it was cute that Monet gave RuPaul the sponge dress. Yeah, I thought it was weird that it was in a trash bag, but whatever. Fitting. Yeah, I guess that you know, I guess those three broken suitcases. There wasn't yeah. any room. Yeah. Oh god. Um, um, yeah, it was. It was interesting. I guess they were just trying to recap some awesome looks. Or yeah. Not awesome looks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but of course, they didn't mention any of Aquaria's. No. Which yeah. is, I'm just like. Uh, I mean, Aquaria really didn't get featured much at all this no, reunion. Um, no, she didn't. She, yeah, I think only when kind of, only when spoken to. Right. Yeah. Um, there was kind of the highlights from the judges panel. Oh, I, I like those. Amen, um, Christina. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amen, Christina. Yeah. Um, I liked when the Vixen uh, called out how hot, uh, what's his face was. Oh, Kamal Najani. Yes. Yeah. Um, and when Monet thought that Andrew Reynolds was Jonathan Groff. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. He's like, I know. We're both, you know, white. We sing high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we got Alex Trebekah Glasscock. Oh, right? good one. Right? Good one, Mary. Mm -hmm. All right, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Glasgow. Oh, <laughs> um, good for you, Mary. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Um, and then after that, there was the whole segment about Asia and Cracker and saying she's not a star. Um, I, again, I'm yeah. just kind of like, all right, moving on. I think we saw a really, you know, yeah. genuinely vulnerable moment from Cracker. Right. But otherwise, it was like, okay, yep, move on. When just. she said, um, not don't do that again, bitch, or mm -hmm. not. Oh, again. yeah. Um, uh, it was like, it's, not next time. Yeah, not next time, bitch. It reminded me of not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> not on my watch. I love that. Ayan Levanz. I love that I when, when somebody just <laughs> puts that in there. <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Ayan Levanzan is just not on my magic. <laughs> Uh, that's of course from Ayanla Heal My Life, which is a great oh, sure, show. Sure, great sure, show. Sure. Fix my life. Fix, fix my, my life. life. Um yeah, no, I just I the yeah, the only note I took was just that we saw in Cracker's very mannered way, I think we saw the real cracker. Oh. You know? Um and then, you know, Mayhem Miller realized I don't have a segment, so I'm gonna have to create Holy one. Fuck. Right? Like they couldn't have been like, Wow, you were trying out every year, you finally made it on. Like Nothing. what was the experience? Nothing. You kinda kind of pooped out a little <laughs> <laughs> what happened oh uh, what happened what um, um yeah she, 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 okay so she kind of inserts herself and she's like why did you say this about me yeah um, well, and it was like yeah then why you know no it was it was a little, my drag right it was a little alexis michelle no one told me you didn't like the blue dress oh right you know yeah um oh oh you know but I, what i really liked in this moment was like aquaria was like surprisingly like spot on eloquent she was like you know i came in huge mayhem miller fan and had all these expectations and it just 
wasn't what I, what I was expecting. And so it didn't, you didn't shine as much as I was expecting, but I, and I love that she said, I'm sorry you had to hear that, especially watching oh, that right. you were alone and you found oh, out. Oh, wow. Like, Aquaria. Yeah, that was good Aquaria. It was so good. What did Asia say? Oh, Asia's response was good too. I think that she had essentially said the same thing of like, oh, she had said like, you know, oh, we don't have that type of relationship. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you. And I've never like said I liked it and then went behind your back and said I did. Right. Like I've never been dishonest. I'm just not going to come up to you and say, hey, by the way, I don't like your look. Yeah. That's shady. Yeah. And Rue was like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, and then they. Well, then you this, think it's wrapping up. And then. This. Cameron uh, gets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cameron, yeah. Cameron. I mean. They didn't talk much about Cameron's uh, quietness. Mm. Another produced queen, right? Because we're going to talk about uh, Eureka being a produced queen. Yeah. Cameron was a produced queen. It was um, who called her out? Uh, Monet, Monet was the one who called out. There oh, was no, like, no, 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 no. Who? Well, Monique, Monique started it. Monique was like. Who are you? Right. Like, On Instagram, you're queen. snapping. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. On Instagram, I see this one personality. But like with us, it's this other thing. Um is this strategy? Is right. this what do you, you not like us? Yeah, and I, but I honestly believed Cameron. She was like, I was intimidated. Like you guys were professional drag queens. Yeah, no, I believe I kind of got myself into this. I believe all that. Mm -hmm. I also believe that she purposely doesn't say anything shady, which you know mm -hmm. is another strategy. Yeah. Um. She she got to the finale because she turned out great looks, mm -hmm. and she didn't ruffle any feathers. Yeah. So she was kind of like the one left over and then became this lip-sync assassin and had this storyline of like, oh, I'm when I get knocked down, I'm going to get back up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it, and you're never going to keep me down. I get sorry. Thank you, Chumba Wumba. <laughs> um, That's you. one of those songs that comes on and Colin just cringes. Oh, it's just like my eighth grade dance all <laughs> over again. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that what didn't the vixen say in her Instagram live? Like, you know, is essentially like hate the don't hate the player, oh hate, hate the game. don't hate the player hate the game right yeah the producers are the ones this is what the vixen said she said the producers are the ones that gave more screen time to the vixen on eight episodes mm -hmm. than all episodes for Cameron on yeah. Drag Race yeah yeah exactly like Cameron just showed up and gave the material yeah and then what they did with that is not her yeah. and her drag <clears throat> is great I yeah. mean I don't think that we've ever really had a problem with her drag except no. that you know sometimes it looked like other things, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, there were some... The costumey one, we yeah. didn't like that one. Some were weaker than others, but some were just amazing. Yeah. For the most part, were amazing. Right. And I guess I've kind of come to this place of like, you know, like Dusty kind of seemed to like take it personally. And oh, and Monique right. was kind of saying like, you don't, you only talk to us when, when we activate it. And it seemed to me eventually like, what you don't like is that Cameron doesn't make the first move. And... I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm tapping out on going after Cameron. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? feel you. I, I feel really, you. It's, it's kind of like, oh, all right. So really? what you, yeah, like, I think you just don't like, like that's not that's not weird to me that she might be kind of shy in a room full of people, but come alive alone on Instagram. Yeah, like that that's, happens. That's like most people. That's most Instagram normal. queens. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I think of a Trixie Mattel. I think of so many other queens where it's like they kind of have to quiet down, or they kind of are a totally different energy. Sure, Trinity K. Bonet. Yes. You know, it's yes. just like. Nina Bonina Brown. Nina Bonina Brown. How is this so like baffling or worth yelling at someone about? Yeah, I don't. I, I, they were trying to confront her and trying to pull something out of her. They didn't really get it. I will say that I think Cameron. I love her drag. I think she gives a great illusion. Mm -hmm. Really, I, yeah. it's great. I think it would be more interesting 
And maybe maybe one of our emailers, our, our Marys, wrote us in about this, and I totally agree. Wouldn't it be more interesting if she was celebrating mask femme drag? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, where she mm-hmm. was like a masculine woman, or quote-unquote masculine-looking woman? Yeah. Like, I think we had talked about that point? early on, of like, oh, what if she really did kind of embrace the muscle Like China. Game? Yes, and really showed... Like women have different <clears throat> body types. Yeah, yeah, muscular women in drag, kind of thing. Like, what if he really celebrated that? That would have been so interesting. Yeah. And it's not what he's doing. He's mm-hmm. doing something else that's gorgeous to look at. Yeah, and it's and it's there. And mm-hmm. he got him to the top four. Yeah, and and you know you hate the player. I hate the game, not the player. Yeah. At least as a queen, I don't know otherwise, but we do have a sense that Cameron is quite versatile. So <laughs> I think that like if she does want to try doing some like looks that really highlight the muscles and really give us that illusion, that'd be super cool. Yeah. No, um, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. It. I did like when Monique called out that girl. Oh, with the face that Cameron was making while Monique, Monet was talking. Oh, because I, I, at first I, I when I first watched it, I was like, is she saying that? Cameron didn't know who Vanjie was. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, no, what are you no, talking no. about? When Monet was talking about Cameron, uh huh. Um, Cameron made this face of like, uh huh, and then just kind of pursed her lips. Oh, I see. So and, she, yeah, and Monique was like, no, no, no. Who's that? That's, who's that? Yeah, and it's kind of like, well, that's somebody that's keeping her mouth shut. Yeah, because the vixen just walked off stage because she wouldn't. Right, right, and and maybe Cameron. Well, we know Cameron's smart enough to realize that, like, they can't give you a shady edit if you don't give them any shady content. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, Again, it's maybe not the way to play the reality show, but, you know, the Vixen played the reality show and she got slapped on the wrist. Right. But you know what? She's going to be fine. Yeah. And she wasn't playing the reality show. (laughs) Eureka was playing the reality show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hear that. But in terms of excelling at it. Right. Um, And then the queens go around and they choose. Well, they do a little bit of reading. Oh, right. You know, I mean, they were all funny. I mean, Aquarius, what kind of fish is that? Which was just like a a jump in. Yes. It's like Aquaria. Aquaria. Cutie. What a what a goose as usual. What a little lady. Um, And then, yes. And then the other queens vote. And no one yep, votes for Cameron. Nobody votes for Cameron. The uh. faces that Cameron was making, it was like... Especially oh. especially like at the end, after the votes were done, she looked like she was about to start crying. Oh, and that was poor hard. Little friend. That was hard. Poor little friend. Yeah, yeah. It's hard when you don't have the uh, recognition of your peers. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that Cameron being so standoffish or being an introvert and only getting along with maybe Eureka, um, yeah, it... it, it took its toll and uh, i don't i don't know how to rectify that uh for those queens i think that's up to cameron and whatnot but um yeah they they see more star power in the other three i don't Mm -hmm. know if it's against cameron and maybe cameron feels it's against her yeah certainly i mean i think that especially having all of the the voting happen like you know not long after they all kind of attacked her for you know right not doing enough or being enough right um it's like when they all voted for the vixen to go home mm-hmm. it's like exactly it, it's it drama mm-hmm. it hurts just because you know you want this and they don't seem to want it yeah and, and to... if cameron's like oh yeah blair's my friend oh oh yeah mayhem yeah. was my friend oh yeah cracker's my friend and then you keep hearing nope no mm-hmm. no yep. no You're yeah like, nobody nobody right. i would have i would have been so sad yeah i would have cried then she'd like muster like some kind of smile for like the team vixen the team cameron shot right um i was like oh i i just you know i felt bad for her i really again like she might not be necessarily like my pick to win or like my favorite of the season She's but i'm um, four but like emotionally like i get her probably the most uh, no know? yeah we've said that before yeah. this idea that you're walking in and you're not like you 
you're totally aware that you're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, she certainly had a strategy of not saying shady things, but I don't think that she was being fake. I think I wouldn't have acted like Cameron on camera. I would have acted more like Cracker, mm. and I would have crumbled. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I feel like... I would have produced... I would have gotten nervous and started producing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe I would have been like an Aquaria and just been a little nervous. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. figured it out. Maybe. Um, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I, I think I'm in a Lisa Summers at best. <laughs> Um, let's be real. Oh, I'm a pork chop. Yeah, really. Me. Yeah, really. Um, so yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm a door in all stars too. I'm like, Oh no, no. <laughs> you said, I don't Nope, I don't like that. No, I'm done. Uh, anyway, uh, it was the, way harsh. Time. <laughs> way harsh. Um, the episode ends. It's very interesting. And I'm assuming this is on purpose that RuPaul ends by saying like, I may be the mother here, but like you all oh, are my teachers. And yeah. that's what she said in the tweet after the Guardian interview. Right. And it felt like just a reminder of like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like it just felt like an intentional thing to say like, to give us this final thought of like, I'm open to learning and growing and changing. And it's like, you can't just say that after showing us how much you're not. Well, it's not how much you're not. But, no, but, you, know, but you know what I mean? You, it's that, okay, you do have a fault, mm -hmm. right? That is produced and you didn't stop. And think we saw all these like glaring examples of these queens being RuPaul's teacher and him not hearing it. So it's just again ironic to end the episode by saying you're all my teachers when we're given explicit examples of that not being the case. Yeah, I mean, and and final words, you know, just thinking about the vixen v RuPaul. Mm -hmm. um, that's a very interesting v, right? Yeah. That she's going to toe to toe to her. Yeah. Um, I, when RuPaul says. You have a choice to be quiet, right? Not on board, mm -hmm. right? And then, well, you no, know, I am on board. I'm like, yes, you do. Certainly. And yeah. she chose not to be. And it's like, that's that's how it goes. She's not in reality right now. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, so don't, like, psychologize, if that's a word, this mm -hmm. whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the idea of her saying, like, you, you, you can't... You can't force somebody. You have to. They have to meet you halfway, and if they don't, you have to let them go. That's where I am. I I I have the most trouble because the vixen, uh, the vixen and RuPaul both weren't gonna budge. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They both weren't gonna budge. Yeah. Yeah. So one of them had to walk away, mm -hmm. and the moderator stayed on stage. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Neither of them it, was gonna budge because it's not like I mean. The, the vixen could have she could have stayed on stage and been like yep i made that choice mm -hmm. but instead she she made a very dramatic moment and, yeah. and dedicated it all to her fans which i thought was brilliant yeah um, yeah and smart but also like well you could have stayed and and you know kept it together but she, uh, she was somewhere else yeah well you know it I, was to, bamboozled to go back to again that idea of drag race being a microcosm of things that happen in the real world I, I do feel like to your point of that no one's budging. I mean, that's that's a sen that's exactly what's happening in the United States today. Yep, right. Is there the people with with two conflicting ideologies and like you know a a fierce determination to stand by that. Yeah. And it's just a matter of that conflicting over and over. And at a certain point, it's like yeah, this reunion could have turned into a Facebook comment section. Right. And there's no winning and there's no ending. Right. And the only thing to do is say I'm out. Yep. You know, I, I just think that's just realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the what I think is positive would be to stay and dialogue and try to see both sides. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the Vixen has seen both sides because she's been 
thinking and being with fans and hearing hate and hearing both sides. And RuPaul is seeing the edited version mm -hmm. and is like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do as producers. Mm -hmm. And so she isn't necessarily seeing both sides. I wonder how much the Vixen does see RuPaul's point mm -hmm. or if she's like, yeah, I see that point. No. You know? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I think that to kind of go back to Asia, that it's it is it's it's less about what they say. And I know Asia was saying it's what we do, but it's also about how you're saying it. Oh you know, right. I mean the reason that Asia was able to connect with the Vixen in the workroom is her approach. Sure. She wasn't really saying anything much different from what other people were saying. She just chose a different approach and she chose to start by saying, first of all, your feelings are valid. Yeah. No one can take that away from you. Right. Now let's talk. Right. I, like Asia O'Hara's Drag Race. Like this is this is this is the example. Like yeah. this is what we would. Th this is the way that I've at times talked about RuPaul and his approach to things. Here I don't agree with him, and I agree with Asia. Yeah, and I th I'm so glad we got to see that perspective. Right. And the only reason we get to see that is because the vixen walked away. So you know, it's kind of like you know, if Vanjie, if can't, if if uh, Calorie had to send Vanjie home, but it turned into us getting Vanjie as a catchphrase. Sure. Well, you know, Calorie can make peace with that. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, well, I I don't have any more thoughts. I don't either. I feel like um, <clears throat> I had a lot of thoughts and feelings about this reunion. I um, we just watched it last night. I mean, yeah. this is a, this is still a hot take. Yeah. I have a lot of digesting to do. I think I'll watch it again. Mm -hmm. Um, I but I do know what I felt when RuPaul was yelling. I was like, I don't think you're right at all. And mm -hmm. I don't know why you're cutting off one of your contestants right now. Yeah. I don't know why you're asking her questions and then cutting her off. Yeah. You're not having a dialogue anymore. Yeah. You're pulling a power grab. Yeah. Is what Go you're doing. have your cigarette, bitch. Go have your cigarette, bitch. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like I, um, came for RuPaul a bit this episode um, but I think in that constructive way of like these are the things I'm not happy about I still this is not a character attack on RuPaul but like I, you know I, maybe I still have some digesting to do but the, my takeaway from this episode was I said it a million times it's like the new nuance the irony of RuPaul this episode yeah you know yeah no it's it's troubling I, I'm I'm trying to see the other side of it and the only other side of it I can see is that RuPaul has been fucking through it mm -hmm. and she knows a way out and she's like look I know the way out guys mm -hmm. come here I know the way out but there's a difference a way out and the way out right exactly he's saying the it's and the a. world has changed mm -hmm. it is a way out yes there are multiple doors right um, yeah the world's changed um, and, and that's always been the case. There's always multiple yeah. doors. The know? Vixens fans look up to her because of what she did. Mm -hmm. So she's not going to sit at the reunion and say, sorry for what I did. Yeah. Even if she was. Yeah. Right. Now is not the time to be <laughs> sorry and polite. We we know this. Yeah. Like the Vixen, as, as Asia said, we're not just drag queens. We're people. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And the world, the person who performs the character of the vixen lives in should not be staying quiet right now. And I think it's worth saying that this is a drag show. This is a reality competition and you can be upset about this. You can be disappointed. You can be in your feelings, but there are many, many, many other atrocities oh. that, that deserve <clears throat> more of our emotions mm -hmm. to put the, if you've got only so much energy, there are other things. Sure. This is going to be over soon. These queens are going to be fine. Yep. Um, you know, I don't want to just minimize because obviously, you know, Asia O'Hara has just received some pretty awful death threats. Oh, 
Um, and it's not to minimize that and say, oh, everything's going to be fine. Oh, no, no, no. That's not <clears throat> what we're saying. No. We're saying this reunion. Yeah, exactly. We're saying this reunion. We're saying this competition. Like, even next week, whoever wins, it doesn't really matter. Right. It really doesn't at this point. Like, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, and the ones who don't win just have a shot of being on TV again on All Stars. There you go. So. All right, Mary. Yeah. Or season 11. Or season 11. Man. Get those cookies. Um, so sister Mary Colin, yes. um, oh, we should say to our Marys, if you have any thoughts on the reunion, mm-hmm. we want to hear them. Um, please be kind. Uh, this is our hot take. This, these, this is where we are. We're trying to be as fair as possible. Um, please reach out to us on Twitter at all right, Mary, or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or you can find us by email at all right, Mary podcast at gmail.com. Um, I am at Johnny also on Instagram. And I am at Colin Drucker on Twitter. And both of us uh, are on patreon.com backslash all right, Mary, if you're looking for more of us. Um, because that's, of course, where we are posting a bonus episode every single week. Uh, we just did, uh, what did we just do? Hysterical Blindness? Yes. Oh, oh, my favorite. The link is in the description. So if you can't find it, don't worry. You can watch that one. I know it says it's like three and a half hours. It's just the movie like twice. Right. Um, right. So don't worry about it. Um, and, and then upcoming is The Stepford Wives. That's right. The Stepford Wives. Oh, also love that movie. Yeah, great movie. Um, yeah. And so, and obviously Clock Watchers is on the list. Oh, it's coming up. It's coming up. <laughs> yeah. It's almost time. <laughs> um, and as usual, you can always head over to iTunes and leave us a um, potentially positive rating and a potentially five-star review because uh, you think this is a podcast worth your time, talent, and energy. I love it, Mary. Me so too. our last chance lip sync coming from a fabulous queen. Would oh, you like to introduce this? Yes, yes. Um, I believe she is based in the Netherlands. This is Room Service, spelled R-O-E-M. Room. Room Service. Um, Room Service. Fabulous drag queen. Great Twitter feed. Some yeah. great posts. Uh, she's also the creator, uh, subreaders will know this, she's also the creator of uh, Rapples Dark Res. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So this is, this is the queen of the people, and she has delivered this week's Last Chance Lip Sync. It is the song I thought we'd have to wait a lot longer for. It is Bring, Bring Back, Back My, My Girls. Girls. And it is so fucking good. <laughs> um, so if you are into this, you should follow Room Service at Room Service on Twitter. That's R-O-E-M-S-E-R-V-I-C-E. And um, us at All Right Mary, of course. No, you're just sure. <laughs> yeah, yes. duh. Yeah, just by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. And we don't have a nuance this week, but we will next week. Yes. Uh, we are joining up with our podcast sisters next week for yes. the finale. Yes. This is uh, obviously not... Uh, with Grizzly Kiki. Yes, with Grizzly Kiki. Mm-hmm. Not this girlfriends. They are in Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. New York. It's uh, difficult. And we thought we would do another uh, Grizzly Kiki episode, but this time on the All Right Mary uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, so we will be putting that out with uh, the lovely Robert and Daniel. Yeah. And maybe um, we'll do a little, figure something out to another little queen out episode with our squirrel friend oh, at some point. That'd be super it has fun. to happen. Yeah. We just got to get Nick here. Yeah. 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 We got to get Nickel. Yeah. Um, Nickel back. Oh, yeah. oh shit. God. Sorry, Mary. Um, but yeah, so that is next week. Uh, I'm excited for the finale. I'm excited to see looks. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see lip syncs. Um, I, I'm fine really with most winners at this point. Yeah. Um, I think it would be out of nowhere if Cameron Michaels won. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. I think that Aquaria makes sense to me. I love Asia. I honestly think, I think Asia and I don't need her to win. I think it's just like, I don't know. There's this part of me that's just like, 
give it to Aquaria, Asia. I don't know. I mean, after this confrontation, I'm like, I don't know. I just, I want Asia to win the crown, but I also just think, oh, you're better than this. Yeah, and this right. was this was filmed after. So I wonder, is this is it because I know they it did was, it, the they, reunion was the day after. Oh, because they did that last year. Yes, which is crazy to me. They did the reunion the day after the finale, and uh, so this happened after oh. they found out who's in the top two. Or I see. you know, okay, all right, well, got it. Um, all right, well, that's I. That's so weird that so they do that. I don't know, man. Yeah, so all right, well, that. Or, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I guess that's all for this week. Um, yeah, yeah, and we will either see you for our Matron episode this week or for next week's finale with Grizzly Kiki. Oh, I am sorry. I have one more thing. What? Um, so I've been saying for a while on this podcast that nobody in my life listens to uh, this podcast. Oh yes, and we got a uh, an email this week from Sister Mary Andy, mm-hmm. who I haven't seen in twelve years. Oh, uh, is a fantastic cellist. Uh, he was first chair cellist in college. She's uh, just brilliant uh, and can play. Like, whoa. Um, he also smells amazing. Wow. Uh, and so uh, all love to someone in my life that's listening uh, mm-hmm. and, and loving the podcast since uh, All Stars 3. So, Sheesh. So thanks for listening, Sister Mary Andy. Uh, it warms my heart to know that you are out there celebrating my joy and uh, living your own. Warms his heart and his nostrils. <laughs> so... Bitch, get into it, Mary. Yeah, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I guess while we're doing little announcements, and I I, I told Amanda I would, just a quick recommendation to our Marys. I had the podcast Risk, the storytelling podcast. Oh, right. The recent episode, Tough Love. The second story, um, the first one's good, but the second one is where it's at. Um, I, uh, I don't know the last time something has made me cry so uh thoroughly uh but it's all the story of this guy and his dog and um you know all right, some of the rougher days of that it is a beautiful story you cannot listen to it in public i can barely talk about it risk tough love if you need to get something out of your system this is the way to do it this is like an emotional colonic all right good wreck good yeah wreck. yeah right. oh, it'll wreck you all right <laughs> here is uh our last chance oh yeah right <laughs> most finally uh room services bring back my girls mm. silence i'll make my own damn decisions <laughs> bring back my girls i think that should be your next song Bring back my girls, 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 my girls, bring back my girls, my girls, girls. Silence, I've made my decision. Bring back my girls, bring back my squirrels, bring back my girls. Bring back my funny girls. Bring back. Bring back the divorce lawyer. Bring back. Bring back my jewels. Bring back my girls. Go. Bring back my girls. My girls. Bring back my girls. My girls. Go. Bring back my girls. My girls. Bring back my girls. My girls. Go.
Stefan de Glee Show.